time, you know what, I can't wait to have you explain to me more who that is, because folks, we are back with another episode of Not Another Film Podcast. We're here, we're doing it. We're in a dorm room in rural Michigan. <laughs> and we are here. Birthplace of the Republican Party. Oh, let's be, uh, <laughs> you want to take that one again? Birthplace of the Republican Party. Oh man, I just, you can't shake just the factual evidence of that this is the birthplace of the Republican Party. It's yeah. on all the signs. And it makes me wanna die. But anyway, uh, folks, here at Not Another Film Podcast, this is the podcast where we take movies we used to love as kids and we re-examine them in the harsh, sobering light of 2019 where their franchises still exist. Some of them. And folks, we're here to talk about 2001's the Fast and The Furious. Mm. Not to be confused with 2009's Fast and Furious or all of the subsequent squeakles that followed. Uh, and I am joined by um, two amazing fast heads here. First off, to my right, we have Miss Lauren Thompson. Lauren, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. What's up? Uh, I do, I'm very confused about The Fast and The Furious versus Fast and... Is it just Fast and Furious? Fast and Furious. It's not Fast and the Furious. No. It's Fast and Furious. Yes, which and is that four. Is I would describe four? Lauren as Fast and Furious. And that is four? Four. Okay. That's confusing already. Great. Good to know. I'm doing great, guys. Fantastic. We're also joined by Mr. Eric Eilerson. Eric, how are you doing today, sir? I'm fast, but I'm also in a good mood. You're fast and yeah. curious. I'm, ooh. That's what this movie should That's be a Tinder profile. I'm fast. I'm, I, I do have to admit I did uh, that joke has been used before. A good friend of mine, uh, before the seventh movie came out, set out on his, uh, from what I understand, one podcasting endeavor and did one of these movies a day leading up to the seventh movie and the podcast was called The Fast and the Curious. And it was about, eat, they just went through and did each one. Very different set of, uh, of interests since neither he nor his co-host had ever seen any of these movies. And uh, in this, we are all coming to this, uh, to speak pretty generally, as uh, pretty big fast heads. Oh, Hell I, yeah! I would not qualify myself as a fast head. You really? Okay, explain to me your relationship then with the Fast and the Furious franchise. I, I enjoy them, but I would not say I understand them. <laughs> in terms of the mythos, in terms of the continuity, um, in terms of the larger themes beyond family, I would say I am a neophyte. Uh, how many of these have you seen? I have seen four? Which ones? Question mark. I don't, I know I've seen Fast Five. Yes. I know I've seen Fate and the Furious. Yeah, because we saw that in theaters. And I saw... Seven. Potentially the one before that. Yes, you saw Seven because we watched on so Easter I, Sunday because so we wanted to spend Easter Sunday with family. I believe yes. I have seen five, seven, eight, and now one. Oh my god. And yeah, <laughs> in that order. You know what? That's fine. That's fine and furious for me. Eric, uh, you're, you're a pretty big fast head, yeah? I am because of you. Uh, Great. Literally, I moved to Chicago. For me to talk for, about the Fast and Furious. For you. Um, because and family. And I was like, well, I'm sitting around, I don't have a job really, and I have no money. You're like, you should watch these movies, they're great. And I, <laughs> They'll make you forget <laughs> that you are failing in life. Exactly. And I and I was like, I'd heard of them before, and I was like, oh, who cares? I knew Bow Wow was in one of them. And then I, I started with five, as because you, as you said to do. Yep. And then I, I watched like a, uh, a recap YouTube video of one through four, just so I could get the names. And then I watched five, immediately rented six that same night. 
and then watched seven the next day, yep. and then had to wait agonizing months to see eight twice in theaters, once Great. with you fine folks. Absolutely. Um, and I, this is my favorite big dumb action movie franchise, and when you said we were going to do this movie, I was excited because I know where it, where it goes, and I know they've essentially become superheroes by five but this is like about stealing DVDs. It's like the big. This is the heist, as opposed to global positioning satellites and nukes. Yes. I will also say I don't remember five because I watched it on a plane. We're going to rectify that soon because five is not only the best Fast and the Furious movie, but genuinely maybe one of the best movies of 2011. Legit question: Are we going to be spoiling future Fast and Furious movies for people listening to this if they haven't seen them? A hundred percent, we're spoiling them. Cool. Sorry, Charlie. Yep. <laughs> we're Stop. spoiling. All of these. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, but, so uh, I, I came to this franchise with this movie. I saw this film in theaters when I was 10 years old. <laughs> I did the math last night. Oh I had God. to have been 10 years old when I saw this movie. So imagine Dense Ian, popcorn in hand, trudging up to his seat in the Greenbrier Regal. By himself, more than likely, mm-hmm. uh, because I know none of my friends watched this movie. He's an independent boy. I was, I was, and I had nothing to do, so I would go see movies constantly. Shoveling popcorn into my mouth and just staring at midriffs and watching cars, because this movie oh. equates women and cars so much that you, you would genuinely kind of like forget where a woman ends and a car begins. I mean, one of them, you gotta put $10,000 under the hood. Another one Watch is go with this. a human being <laughs> with worthy of respect. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, those cue cards. <laughs> Lauren, you can put them down now. <laughs> happy you... to help, Eric. <laughs> Always happy to bail you out. Thank you, person. Because Thank, That's correct, Eric. You get a treat. Scooby <laughs> snack. Uh, it's Surge. <laughs> I do, I, I do, uh, I Wanted to do this one, though, because I do think we are dealing with a very different franchise now in 2019 than we were oh in 2001. God. Oh, my God, are we? Yeah, because I remember I remember seeing this movie in theaters, loving it, mm-hmm. and then being so stoked and seeing the, the squeak, well, too fast, too furious, and hating it. And then officially then just being like, okay, you know what? I'm fucking done with this franchise. I'll people, wait till Paul Thomas Anderson comes out with a new movie. What do people hate about the second one? Um, I, what I didn't like about the second one and I did, I, you know what? I'm going to hate these words as they come out of my mouth. I was like, Vin Diesel's not in this movie. It's not for me. He's not in the second one? No, he's not. Why? Because Vin Diesel. Oh, he's on the run in the was, No, Vin Diesel got a bit big for his britches. And was like, I am bigger and better than the Fast and Furious franchise. And never showed up in one of these movies again until a cameo and a stinger scene at the end of Tokyo Drift. And then I'm so is, glad that shifted. Which yes. was the fourth? Third one. The third, okay. And then the So he just took off one movie. Alright, I'll start from the beginning. First movie. We get uh, we we have Paul Walker as Brian O'Connor. And we have Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto. His boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Uh, these are the two uh, heads, the two the two ends of the, of the double-sided dildo that make up the team in the Fast and the Furious The franchise. family. Yes, the family. Family. Um, the second one is, has no Dominic Toretto. 
for the real reason being Vin Diesel thought he was too good for the franchise, and for the other reason being uh, it all takes place in Miami instead of Los Angeles. Didn't he so do the same thing for Triple X? He did the exact same thing for Triple oh X. Thank you very much for bringing that up, Lauren, because Triple X is another movie. Stay tuned. We should be doing it on this podcast. Rick? No, Riddick's weirdly the only one he really stuck with. That because that was too. That would have been around the time of Too Fast, right? Um, he did uh, Chronicles of Riddick. I think was two thousand three. So yeah, because yeah, so Pitch Black was ninety nine. So it would have been Too Fast, Too Furious. I assume was that two thousand three. Um, Too Fast, Too Furious was two thousand two. I think. Wow, it went back to back. They, yeah, they they came wow. out of these movies okay so quickly. So um, he got too big for his britches. He didn't do two. He came back for a cameo in three. The end of three. At the end of at three. At the end of three, and then he came back in four. And then in four, his career had hit enough stagnant point that both he and Paul Walker were like, "Uh, yeah, we'll both come back to the." Post is a pacifier. Yes. Paul and Walker wasn't in the second one either. Paul Walker was in the second one. That's where we get introduced to Roman Tyrese's character. Oh yeah. The speaking of people that are now getting too big for their britches. Yeah. Oh, I still love Tyrese in these movies. Hey, you guys think that 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 the Rock's bigger than? me oh well he, yeah he Tyrese. most definitely is Tyrese. yes we do um, sorry for people that don't know there is beef now because the rock and jason statham are getting their own spin-off movie which looks fucking great and tyrese is like we were here first we were og and he tried to like start shit with with the rock last year and everyone's like dude if it's a choice you're out guys like, you there's know that, so right? much beef on these movies so this, much testosterone oh, Jesus. okay yeah so these movies what happened to family the behind the scenes facts about these movies are almost as interesting as the movies themselves uh for instance not in this movie but by the time we get to fast five mm-hmm. vin diesel has clauses in his contract that he is not allowed to lose a fight in these movies and the coolest thing about that is once we finish fast five the rock also has that clause in his contract. So when they fight, Each neither other. of them are allowed to lose, which makes for incredibly creative uh, um, screenwriting, if we shall say that. That's incredible. Right? Right? Isn't that great? So yeah, our uh, Fast, The Fast and the Furious came out on uh, June 22nd, 2001, pre-9-11. Very important. Uh, 2003, you were actually right, Lauren, was Too Fast, Too Furious. 2006, we get Tokyo Drift, which none of them are in, except for Bow Wow. Right, right, right. Because yeah, it all takes place in Tokyo. Out of the continuity. Yep. Uh, completely different, uh, different main character and everything like that, who we never get to see again. Um, but we do get the introduction with Tokyo Drift of the move of the franchise being taken over by Justin Lin, which is the first kind of real serious swerve in the right direction. Justin Lin then does the next three Fast and the Furious movies after that. Four, five, six. He does three, three through six. Three through six. So right. he does arguably the worst of the Fast and the Furious movies and then the best of the Fast and the Furious movies mm-hmm. because Fast Five in 2011 is when now we get a big team coming together and we get uh, we that this is where we finally have our whole crew set up of like Roman from Fast from Fast 2, uh, Brian and Dom and uh, and Letty and Mia obviously from Fast 1, Vince is back from Fast 1 and 5, uh, Tej uh, who I'm trying He's to remember. two yeah, Tej is in two but he plays a very different yeah, for, character. Yeah, I, I, I just remember seeing Ludacris in the commercials. Yes. Um and and Giselle yes. and Han. Giselle and Han are Giselle's all, from four. Giselle's from and four. Han's from, Han's from three. Because Han is the villain in Tokyo Drift. Which is wow, how can Han be a villain? Yeah, he you retcon him into being the coolest character in Fast Five. He's eating chips all the time. Yep. And then these and Doesn't these Doesn't Tokyo Drift take place 
later, technically, chronologically. Lauren, thank you very much for bringing that up. So the chronological <laughs> order of the biggest, dumbest movie <laughs> franchise. This is a multi-billion dollar international smash hit. As well as it fucking should be. The running, the chronological order of these goes one, two, four, five, six, three, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm not sure where Hobbs and Shaw falls in. I feel like three was just definitely a eh, fucking we'll make another cool car movie. They had, they had no concept this was gonna happen. Well, and the only thing that they had that they kept from three, because <laughs> the only thing worth keeping from three was Han. Yeah. But since Han was the villain, they had to make a reason for Han to have been in Tokyo. So at the end of six, there's a throwaway line about him going back to Tokyo. Oh my god. And then you find out in seven, spoiler alert if you've never seen seven, that the real reason Han died at the end of Tokyo Drift was Deckard Shaw, was, um, uh, uh, um, oh my god, Jason Statham's character from Fast Seven. That he was going and like picking off all of Dom's friends. Yes. Because his brother was put into a coma in at the end of Fast Six. These it is a giant fucking soap opera it, with cars and rap music. And family. And family. And I cannot tell you how against my my movie taste and programming <laughs> these movies are, but how fucking fun. I believe these all to be. I love these movies yep. so much. And I was terrified going back and watching the first one last night because I hadn't seen it in at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I lo- I've seen five through eight so many times so recently mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, they're just boosting DVD players and Panasonic TVs. And the first one is this going to hold up. And it was it was so interesting to go back and rewatch yeah. this first movie. So sorry, y'all. If you if you want a bunch of liberal Chicago twenty somethings to talk about how these big dumb action movies don't have places in society, too fucking bad. They're great and yep. fun. Yep, it's crazy. Like it's genuinely Lauren's <laughs> face is saying things. Uh, so yeah, I, that's kind of where I. Think I it's more nuanced than that. I oh. came to it. <laughs> I do want to ask when. So you saw Fast Five. You saw Fast Five before you and I knew each other. Yeah, I saw Fast Five, like, I want to say the year, when did it come out? Uh, 2011. So I probably saw it, yeah, I probably saw it, like, later that year when it hit, like, planes, so, like, less than a year, like, when it was, mm-hmm. like, out of theaters but hadn't come out on DVD yet. Huh, interesting. hmm So what did you, what did you think of it then? Were you in on this franchise, or is this something that you were, like, um, still a little too. Maybe it's because I saw it on a small screen. I quite enjoyed it, but it didn't make a ton of impact on me. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Fast five on a plane screen does sound. Yeah, it's it was rough. Um, so I enjoyed it. I remember it had been hyped so much, and I was very skeptical. And I remember being very pleasantly surprised. But okay. It, it didn't like the characters didn't grip me. I thought it had really mm. great set pieces, <laughs> but I I maybe it's because I didn't know anyone. Sure. Um, yeah. But I yeah, just yeah. kind of like didn't have that extra mile of like, I gotta check the rest of these out because I love these people so yeah. much. Like when Dom shows up at, during the heist, it's not like, fuck, Dom's back! It's I was like, like cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy from the beginning, I guess he's okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, <coughs> Diesel, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do, do we want to get this out of the way now? What do you think? Remember, this is a currently nine-movie-spanning franchise right. with an additional two more uh, Fast and Furious movies coming out. And not only... Do we know that Hobbs and Shaw, the first spinoff movie, is coming out this summer? There's another female-centered movie coming out soon in the next year or two. 
As Lauren oh. says, thank God. Oh, thank God. Who is it? Centering around Letty and Mia and, oh, no and some of the other. Dude, uh, thank and, yeah. God. Oh, cool. Hopefully, we, hopefully it's set in the past and we get Giselle back. Because I fucking love her. I love Giselle so much. Uh, just as a, I think she's an awesome character. She's yeah. so badass and cool. And her and Han deserved a better spot. Got and it and what I love about Giselle and Letty, though, I love the... Like, Giselle is awesome and also, like, kind of leans into her femininity. And Letty is awesome and kind of leads into more masculine trips. And they're and they're both great. Yes. Like, they both... They, neither one of them judges the other for either yeah, side no, of that spectrum. Yeah, we can have both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to play the box office game now? Get it out of the way? Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Budget for this movie. You for saw it last this night. movie. Remember, the car... Remember, cars. <laughs> these movies about big, fast cars. Also, remember, the cars that the quote-unquote criminals use in this... Souped up Honda Civics. Right. So if that tells you anything, what do you think the budget okay. of this movie was? In t- in t- so 2001. Okay. Um, just remind me again. What was the Iron Man 1? <laughs> That's Iron why I, like, I always go like plus or minus Iron Man 1 right. now. In 2008, Iron Man 1 cost $140 million. Okay. 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 Eric, you go first. Okay. I'm going to go. I don't want to go first. All the cars. 2001. 115 mil. 115 mil? I think I'm low volume. Uh, 95 mil. 95 mil. 95 mil. Great. Lauren is closer. The budget for the first The Fast and The Furious was $38 million. You're fucking kidding me. $38 million. 38 mil? 38 mil. You know what? Now that you think about it, there's only like four set pieces in the movie. A yep. lot of it is set up. It is the most dialogue and character scenes we get in that's any true, of these that's movies. That's true. Now I want to, uh, to, to let you know, it is the <laughs> seventh highest grossing Fast and the Furious movie. Uh, the last one, the lowest grossing was Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Yep. It grossed $144 million domestically. You didn't let us guess that. 207 worldwide. Well, I'm going to ask you this. The number one highest grossing Fast and the Furious movie is Fast 7. How much money worldwide do you think Fast and the Furious 7 made? So, one is 207. One made 207. How much money do you think Fast and the Furious 7 made worldwide? Yeah. How many movies have made over a billion dollars? Is that like a crazy amount of money to make? No. Um, no. I mean, it is. It's a crazy right. amount of money. It's more money than any of us will ever see. I'm going to say 1.4 billion. 1.4 billion worldwide. Yes. Worldwide, because the fucking because it's, it's an international success. Yes, I'm gonna go nine hundred and fifty million. Nine hundred and fifty. Eric won this one. One point five billion dollars. Fast Seven on a budget of remember the first one was a budget of thirty eight million. Yeah. Fast Seven had a budget of a hundred and ninety million dollars. Yes. And Fast Eight had a budget of I believe two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. So these movies... Well, they started getting Charlize Theron and Helen Mirren. Well, and these movies are, I believe currently, I don't have this actually in front of me, they are either the second or the first highest grossing movie franchise still being made today. I think they're the most profitable, aren't they? Well, the more, yes, most definitely. Like, like compared to like the budget to... Well, because, well, next to like the Avengers movies even, next mm-hmm. to like the, uh, uh, the Star Wars, like the new trilogy... Because, and here's what they do really, really well, and a lot of this I do have to weirdly give credit to Vin Diesel for, he's made a really uh, intelligent move as a producer on these movies to fill them out with um, 
Colombian soccer stars and Brazilian mm-hmm. martial artists. Mm-hmm. And um, in Fast 7, they have the whole scene in uh, in Abu Dhabi, and there are a bunch of Bollywood stars in those scenes. Yeah, it's and a like, very multicultural... So people in those countries turn up to see these movies <clears throat> because they have people in from their country, people that represent them, in these films. Yeah. It's arguably the most kind of uh, diverse major franchise like happening. In I don't even think it's arguable. I mean... The, the first movie takes place in L.A., and then they're like, wait a minute. We have cars. They have cars all over the world. We can put cars anywhere. And, like, and literally, they in one of the movies, they fly to another country and then fall out of the plane in their cars. Fast 7, baby. So there's no way that you have yeah. to limit yourself geographically. Yeah. And in this movie, you get, like, the biggest stars in this movie are, what, Ted Levine and, like... Uh, ja Rule? Ja Rule's in this, like, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. Th- those are your big stars in this movie. And like you were saying, when we hit Fast 8, we've got The Rock, who is the, like, most profitable actor working in movies today. Mm-hmm. He is, the like, the biggest movie star in the world. We also get Jason Statham. We also get Helen Mirren is in these movies. Who asked to be in these movies? Idris Elba is now the villain in Hobbs and Shaw. Charlize Theron was the villain in Fate of the Furious. Academy Award winners are knocking on the doors of the Fast and the Furious saying, hey, we want in on this crazy cuckoo fucking franchise. Yeah. And I couldn't be happier. And it all started here. Well, because honestly, it's like, uh, well, I'll ask this question to you now. Would you rather be, as an actor, Yes. I have a feeling I already know what the answer to this is. Would you rather be in a Fast and the Furious movie or an MCU movie? Fuck. Are you asking Eric first or is it so she's so... Just to the table. MCU. MCU? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Better quality of movie? I feel more respected as a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. I feel like I would be treated better. Sure. I have two, I don't have two minds about this one. Okay, I, I think I'll say MCU as well. I would say MCU as well, but I I, I would give pause, which is shocking. Yeah, but part of me, but my reason for giving pause is that I don't want to be in an MCU movie purely because I don't want anything spoiled for me, and I just want to see it. Sure, I don't care about spoilers for, for Fast yeah, and Furious. Exa- exactly. And I mean, I think that I would love to be on set for like a day in a Fast and Furious movie, but I'd like to be in an MCU movie. Yeah. I would be... I would want to be on set to watch how many practical effects they do because that's the beauty of these movies I still find is there's so many amazing practical driving like Mm -hmm. stunts in these movies. It's just that we were watching last night and so we'll get into the plot of this movie now. I I will say I would still rather be in a hot take. I'd rather be in a Mission Impossible movie than a Fast and the Furious movie. Sure. Sure, that makes sense. Personal taste. I'm not a car person. Sure, I think makes me the wrong person to probably be on this episode. No, this is great. Um, I'm not a car person either. I still think there's a part of me that, like, if you were to ask me Mission Impossible or Fast and the Furious, I I think my answer would change day to day. Yeah, I I think my thing with with the reason that I would would edge out Mission Impossible versus Fast and the Furious is almost purely variety based just because I I love the action scenes in Fast and the Furious especially the later ones and I love that they are getting they're doing more with the cars but I do think that there's a certain element of like Mission Impossible like there are car car chases there are motorcycle chases there are foot chases there are like all sorts of different types of stunts Mm -hmm. there's a little more variety for me Rather than just like, it's a bunch of stunts where people are behind the wheel of a car. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, well, because we don't want to watch Vin Diesel <clears throat> run now. Yeah. No. I, I would rather like watch Mission Impossible just because I think that my expectations are a little bit more, um, 
I'm just able to be surprised more by Mission Impossible, I think. Like, Fast and the Furious, I can, like, turn off my, my brain and just, like, yeah. go to my reptile brain that likes to watch things blow up. They're definitely different viewing experiences, But, like, Mission sure. Impossible gets my heart racing faster. Sure. I think this movie, these movies, I can kind of lean back a little bit more and be like, oh, damn, that's cool to look at. But in terms of me getting invested in, in the action set pieces and, like, getting my heart racing, putting myself in that point of view... I, I slightly prefer the Mission Impossible franchise yeah. in that regard. Is the difference between like me me seeing a movie and I'm sitting in my seat and then I lean forward like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and versus me standing up, pounding fist in the air being like, fuck yeah! yeah! Yeah, and part of that is is also, I feel a difference in, this is really interesting watching the origin of this franchise as opposed to uh, where it is now. Um, because the other difference that I would say between the Mission Impossible franchise and this is um, Mission Impossible, I feel like always, like, Tom Cruise does feel in in a way like unkillable to some to some degree. A billion percent. <clears throat> but but I feel like a lot of the danger in Mission Impossible is grounded in stakes of like could a human survive this? Like it's it's grounded in like what a human could survive. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in these later movies they are, they are just superheroes. Like oh, I feel they like they stop a missile with a car. Yeah, they stop yeah. a missile with a car and like <laughs> they're I have trouble in the later Fast and the Furious movies kind of tracking when characters are actually in danger because I don't, I'm not able to track how big of a hit they can take before it's like actually a problem, you know? Like in this movie, in the first movie, it feels very much like, oh, they can take damage that regular human bodies can take. They're human beings. They're human beings. Yes. And and what is dangerous to them is what would be dangerous to me. Whereas in the later movies, they can get shot. They can get, they can be in horrible crashes. They can fall from great heights. Um, and just kind of get back up again. And so it's hard for me as a watcher to track like, oh God, that was a bad hit. They're in trouble. Or like, is that just another hit and they can get back up? Like, sure. it, it's just a little more confusing for me to follow the, the, the laws of physics in the later movies. Yeah. I think it depends. Cause I do think they, while like that is true, I do still think weirdly there is a higher body count among named characters in Fast and the Furious movies than there are in Mission Impossible movies. Totally. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, you were absolutely right uh, to, to bring that up. Uh, so, The Fast and the Furious directed by Rob Cohen. Rob Cohen had directed a few projects before that you may have heard of. For instance, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, Dragon Heart in 1996. Oh. Um, the Skulls in 2000, which was his first experience with Paul Walker. Then 2001's The Fast and the Furious, and now his career takes a very specific trajectory. He gets Triple X in 2002, Stealth in 2005, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor in 2008, The Boy Next Door in 2015, and most recently, The Hurricane Heist. So Rob Cohen's career uh, is very much tailored towards these kind of B-movie schlocky films. I have only seen The Fast and the Furious. I think of those, yeah. Uh, It was based on an article. We've seen The Boy Next Door. Oh yeah, we watched The Boy Next Door. It's horrible. (laughs) Um, We the the script was based on an article called Racer X by a man named Ken Lee. (laughs) Believe it or not, uh, about about the underground world. About the underground world of street racing <laughs> in Los Angeles. Reminder, this world is called the world of street oh, racing. But in this movie, it takes on a very different name. Oh my god, how have we not talked about this already? So Lauren, what what is the major event, the street racing mecca of this movie? What is it called? Race Wars. <laughs> so... 
You're telling me this whole movie is actually about... Race wars. And these... Race wars. ...are actually uh, two cars racing against each other. Yes. Um, and not uh, division you, among different ethnicities. You know, race wars. <laughs> <laughs> Despite and, the fact that in a part of the movie, one group of, of ethnically diverse people do take violence... Against another group. Well, and when they introduce people at... Race wars. They say it's... They introduce it like the cafeteria in Mean Girls, where it's like... Yeah, it's great. Here's Hector and all of the Hispanic racers. Mm -hmm. Here's Johnny Tran and all of the Asian racers. Here's like... And all the Asian women that dress like they're out of the Hit Me Baby One More Time music video. Mm -hmm. And all of the... Oh, exclusively schoolgirl. Oh, I'm sorry. Were those cars or women? I, I got distracted at that I don't that know. Point. They're in the same size. Ian, size. you can't dress up a car. Yet. And uh, some of those cars yes, were definitely older than some of those women. Okay. Go with me on this. <laughs> the twist at the end of Fast 9, which they have just added John Cena to. Sounds dope. John Cena is a car. He's a human car. <laughs> he's a he take, car. Yeah, at one point, he's pissed off at Dom. He stretches his arms out like a, a flying T, and they turn into wheels. His knuckles turn into wheels, and they just start driving in these super low cars around. Wait, wait. Are we uh, patenting this? Wait, no, in Hobson Shaw, Idris Elba is patenting human technology to transform him into some kind of soldier, right? Yeah, he's what black Superman. The, what if at the end of it, that technology is actually found to be the prototype to turn humans into cars, and that's what they bring into Honestly, Fast 9. I would buy that. I also would buy that almost every character in this movie would rather be a car than a human being. I think every character in this movie would rather fuck a car than the other human beings. Dom would. Dom would. Dom, that, well, the only person that Dom wants to fuck more than a car is Paul Walker. Oh my god. Okay, and that's where I also want to go with this, because those later movies, like we said, they're closer to MCU superhero <laughs> movies than they are to where this movie is, which I think falls closer to like Point Break. Uh, which is very again a story of a, an undercover cop Super who good. is uh, trying to find <laughs> trying to find out um, who is committing these kind of like these robberies that are going in, and he befriends this group uh, of in Point Break's case surfers, and in uh, Fast and the Furious's case street racers, mm -hmm. and finds out that the incredibly charismatic, charming uh, person who he hoped would be the lead, like a lead in this case. Uh, is actually the person committing the crimes. And then... So this movie is Point Breaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At the end, it's almost Point Break Sorry. Up, and that's not good because, like you said, Lauren, this proud. movie actually has more in common with the romantic comedy... Yes. Than with the latter Fast and the Furious mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. Yes. So do you want to take the time and set this up for us? Yes. Who is... Who is Brian O'Connor, or um, as he's known for most of this movie, Brian Spilner, which is definitely not a fake name. <laughs> you know, it's the Spilner um, clan. I'm not sure I completely tracked all of it. Um, sure. We meet him in the shop. Yeah, the first time we he's see him. He's a Brian, cop, okay? I feel but like we don't know he's a cop for a yeah, while. Yeah, well, he's a cop. Okay, I feel like I'm going to work in reverse. He's a cop. All right, yeah. Um, who is uh, undercover to uh, find out who's been... Carrying out all these robberies. Jacking all these Panasonic TVs with the like, VCRs like in them. Semi's 
full of stuff. Of just VCR TVs, um, which was very dated. Um, and so he is infiltrating uh, Toretto's, which is Dom Toretto's, like, garage, basically. It's garage slash, like, sandwich, sandwich shop. shop. Yeah, um, market. We meet him ordering a tuna sandwich for the, the, the you know, 14th time, I think. With the with crusts off. No crusts off. White bread. Bitch, that isn't a thing. You can't order shit with the crust off. Cut your own fucking crust Unless off. Unless it's Mia. Unless Mia's behind the counter doing yeah, it. Jordana um, Brewster, not yeah. another film podcast Hall of Fame, Jordana Woo! Brewster. Welcome, Jordana. Welcome. Your eyes look very creepy to me, as always. <laughs> she has shifty eyes, guys. Don't tell me otherwise. I mean, I don't know if I, I would lend her $1,000, but I would... She's inherently untrustworthy to me. I would um, love to. I would, I would I, trust her with my life. I love. I I've love also her. seen her in many movies where she saves a lot of lives. She's yeah, a, she's a beautiful lady. Um, and she saves a lot of lives, which is where we went. So wow, she's um, a person, Lauren. Continue. Yeah, she's not a car. Um, <laughs> Dominic Toretto. Dominic Toretto. Also a person, not a car. Also a person, not a car. Uh, they meet basically like. Well, I don't know. Ian, take over. Uh, so Dom Toretto... I know I can pick up at a certain point. This, these first couple scenes get a little muddy for me. So yeah, so we find out Brian has been coming to the Toretto market every single... The, the market, which is where they are in Los Angeles, every single day at together. At the beginning, I was like, do they just own a sandwich shop? Pretty like, much. Are they not even a car people? Uh, they're, they're not a car they're people. They're car people. They're not car people. Car people. <laughs> car people look like cars, talk car like, like people. people. Um, so... <laughs> Ryan has been coming there every day. He's been flirting with Mia by not talking while he eats a sandwich. And yeah, his uh, flirting's not great. No, it's, um, but it was as a sorry, as a ten-year-old boy, and this came out. That's totally what I thought flirting was in two thousand one. I ordered. Like, he's killing it. He uh, looks at her with a blank expression. Don't talk to her. Yeah. She'll think you're weird. He gets like in a fight with some people and gets to a fight with Vince. With Vince? Vince. With Matt Schultz. Um, and then uh, Vin Diesel shows up to break up the fight and save After him. Mia tells him to. Yep. Yeah, and because Matt Schultz, Matt Schultz is a member, is Vince. He's essentially, uh, uh, as a friend of ours put it last night, he's Dominic's kind of first lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In this, in his crew, and he straight up sucks. And he, he yeah. sucks. They've known each other since they were kids. It's kind of like I know he's a fucking asshole, but he's my fucking asshole. Yeah, that's his whole relationship. And he's also hitting on Mia, and he doesn't like the fact that Mia likes Paul Walker more, even though Paul Walker is the definition of a two thousands pretty boy. Yes. Uh, and, and, and Matt Schultz, those eyes. And Matt Schultz wears a uh, tank top on top I mean, of a tank Dom, top. Dom also loves yeah. his eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Dom finally is like, okay, fine, I'll come break up this fight. So he breaks up the fight, and then meet cute ensues. Yeah, they meet and uh, tells him to fuck off. Tells him to fuck off. He says, yo, man, you need to get the fuck out of here. Don't come back here. Like, if you know what's good for you. And because he's working for a different shop. Like, yeah. He, Paul Walker's driving a, a car. From part, Harry's. Yeah, part of his undercover is that he's a mechanic at this shop, so he can kind of hear his yeah. ear to the ground. And the Vince and the crew were like, that's why they were also a reason why they were beating him up. Cause they're like, you don't fucking come here. They thought he was yeah. snooping on there on like what parts they're using right. and for, yeah. for race wars for race. Wars. Um, so Dom says you get the fuck out of here and puts in a call to Harry to try to get Paul fired. Yeah. yeah, as with all rom-coms, they have to start out hating each other. Oh, yeah. Um, and then but they don't meet again until the race that night. Yeah. The big street race. Paul Walker night. is relentless. Yeah. He's got to know about Dom. He's got to meet up find with out Dom. about this mystery dude. Who and is this guy? This handsome, cue-balled man. It's a bit like Romeo and Juliet where they go to the party at night <laughs> and he has to find out. Yeah, another play is. that just depends on race wars yep. sometimes. <laughs> also, every Fast and Furious movie... 
deflected right by that one. Um, every <laughs> Fast and Furious movie has this scene in it. Yeah. The first street race where it just becomes, you lose all characters for a second so you can look at asses, midriffs, and cars it's for like a so good 30 many, seconds. so many shots. Yeah. And it gets insane in the later movies. And it, like the, This was kind of relatively tame comparatively. Yeah, like now the, they're like all naked. The movie stops and like crazy yes. shit happens. This movie stops to ogle women. Um, yeah. And so we've got Wait, this... women or cars? Both. Both. Oh. It'll be shot of a woman, shot of a car, and then shot of a car woman. Well, yeah, shot of a woman on a car. Shot of a woman as a car. Shot of a woman. Yeah, and so there's. You can have your cake and fuck it too. <laughs> I would not fuck her in a car. I would not fuck her in a tree. <laughs> I would not fuck her as a car. <laughs> I'd fuck her as a car. <laughs> God damn it, Dom, he's here. <laughs> So there's this big like five way uh, race that's happening. Sounds pretty sexy. And um, it's it's Vin Diesel versus Paul? Hector, who's the head of the. Oh no, Hector's not racing. No, no, he, Hector's he, going straight. Yep. Ja Rule. Ja Rule's there, um, who straight up feels up a woman's breast. She, no, she grabs his hand and puts it on yeah, her. This not, is yours. Yeah. He's got a girlfriend. <clears throat> to which I think we're supposed to believe, like, female agency. Um, but a man still wrote this. So. This is true. This is true. A man still had her put his hand on his on her breast and be like, win. And be like, this is a win for women. I don't know if that's even a breast. Everywhere. That was a boob. That was yeah. a <laughs> In this movie, they're That was boobs. a B-E-W-B boob. Boobs. <laughs> H-0085. Zero, zero, <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, calculator boobs. Yeah. So, I know, man. Those are car boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul Walker goes over to Vin Diesel, and he's like, I'm going to trade, like, I- I'm going to say, if I win this... It's a $10,000 buy-in to race. Yes. He puts his car down. Because he's a fucking idiot. Pink he's slips. Idiot. Pink slips. Pink slips, which is a thing. Puts on his car, and, like, Vin Diesel's like, okay, so what do you get in return if you win? And he's like, respect. Yeah. First of all, yeah, okay. You should have just said your hand in marriage. Um. It's straight up so silly because of the fact that, uh, uh, I I say this with respect to the man Paul Walker, rest in peace. I I do very much appreciate his work in these movies. Uh, Unironically, I really like him as Brian O'Connor. But in 2001, maybe not the most dynamic actor we had seen. Not the most. He doesn't have many levels. Does the job he needs to do, and so nothing beyond it. him asking Tom for, for yeah. respect, uh, it's impossible to not laugh at how dumb he comes off looking. Yeah. He looks like a goddamn puppy in that scene. It's also like the first draft where they're like, well, what's... Guys, we know what the movie is, right? What would, a hero, what would a hero yeah. want? It's a placeholder line, because this is way too on the nose. Oh, fuck, we shot it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again... Oh, shit, you shot that scene yesterday? <laughs> fuck! Yeah, okay. no, we've got five more weeks of just cars and women to shoot. <laughs> but Dialogue goes so quick. But here's the thing, guys. As in every great romantic comedy, if one half of the couple is a little lacking, sometimes you get the other half of the couple to support that person. Yes. And that's what the fuck Vin Diesel does in this movie as Dominic Toretto in, dare I say, the best Vin Diesel performance he has ever given. He's also better than he is in in the more recent Fast and the Furious movies because he's less concerned. He's also less concerned with looking... Like the like the man, he's less concerned with yeah. looking like he's cooler than the Rock, so his voice goes to different places mm-hmm. in this. He gets weird, like certifiably insane monologues yep. that he just rattles oh, off in this movie. There. And he's also just, he's charming, he's well, charismatic, his, his he is, looks great. Yeah, he, he doesn't have to act around his own muscles. Like I was saying as we were watching it, it's so weird to see these movies now because 
He is certifiably ripped in this movie, but compared to like Fast Five on, he's a twig. Yeah. He he fits. Well, he's a Groot. He can. He actually. God damn it. It's a baby Groot. Like, he can probably move around physically easier in this movie. Oh my god, so much easier in he's this movie. He's lithe. Yeah, and he's great. Yeah, no, he's but, great in this movie. Uh, again, it's because of the chemistry that that he and Paul Walker have when they stare each other in the eyes. That is what fucking makes this movie sing. It's what yeah. makes the car purr yeah. the whole time. So they, they have the race. Okay, they have yes. the race. This is very important. They see, they look under the hood of Paul Walker's car, and they see something really, uh, really impressive, which is a NOS uh, setup, a nitrous oxide setup, which is essentially going to be a uh, video game power boost to the car that makes the, uh, the NOS stands for nitrous oxide. Yeah, I never got that. Yeah, yeah. I also drank NOS energy drink when I was in high school, and watching this movie again made me kind of flash back to what that battery acid tasted like in my body. Yep, and it might have just been car fuel. Yeah. But maybe. Shit. Okay, yeah, so he's got energy drink in his car. It's, well, car. it's car fuel or what <laughs> Vin Diesel and the rest of the Race Wars participants yeah. call it lube so that they can fuck the cars and Ian, all women. I think that Eric turned into a car. <gasps> oh I my think god. Eric drank so much of it, he turned into a car. Uh, oh my god, you're just like John Cena. <laughs> if John Cena's not a car in Fast 9, I'll eat my own hat. That means that Vin Diesel <laughs> can fuck you now. <laughs> I'm happy to. Okay, so um, so they're about to they check Paul Walker's setup and they see that he's got this crazy NOS setup and they're like, wow, you put ten thousand dollars onto that car. It's like not the worst way to spend ten grand, but you know whatever. Uh, and then when they all go to their respective cars, Vin Diesel takes his the seat of uh, his passenger seat up and you find out Vin Diesel's also got a NOS hookup in his car. Oh yeah. Cause it's also crazy as we we pointed out last night, Vin Diesel is racing sports cars in this movie. Until the very end. The very end is the first time we get to see him driving a muscle car. But Vin Diesel is known in the latter parts of this franchise to wear <coughs> muscle cars. Or to drive muscle cars. So to it's, wear muscle cars? Yeah, I mean, because he is also half car. Um, but to, to the point that when Brian and Mia have a child, he brings a little American muscle car toy for the kid to, like, say, no, he's got to grab this car. He's oh, boy, no. he needs car. He's also a Toretto. Yeah. Like, so what, which is why, like, literally, I was so thrown by Dom driving this electric painted thing Itty with bitty. a spoiler. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So we went over this last night as we're about to go into the first race. Uh, some alternative castings. Some alternate castings mm-hmm. for the role of Brian O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg was considered. Makes sense. Christian Bale was considered. Less sense. And Eminem was considered. The most sense. Would have been great. Would have been fucking great. Would have been great. Usually these fan castings, I think we're all like, oh, phew, so dumb. Eminem would have killed this movie. The problem, I think, is that Eminem would have killed Toretto. I genuinely think as soon as Toretto steps to him, Eminem is like, I'm not taking shit from this guy. Whereas... He's an off-the-rails cop. Paul Paul Walker is kind of just like, whatever, man. Like, I'll let you, like, sit on my face, dude. Like... I'll chow down on that butt bunch. Yeah. Like, let me do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like that. It's just like that. Oh, my God. Um, so, then we get to the race war. Uh, so, 15,000 cars. Yeah, and so, they're like, but, you know, Brian, like, joins the family. And there is yeah, Brian a lot of loses. bonding scenes. There's, like, one date with him and Mia, and then a shit ton of scenes of him and Vin Diesel, like, learning to love each other. Um, including a scene where um, where Vin Diesel reveals um, 
the 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 car like the, the, the muscle car, car. And the I wanna, muscle car I want to get to that in a second but we get uh the the one of the most memeable moments of the movie yes. that has since been turned into a gif at the end of the race when Dom has won oh yeah uh Dom gets out <coughs> everybody's congratulating him he's like yeah I need to get your car from you bro and Paul Walker starts laughing and he says why are you laughing I and almost had you he says dude I almost had you Vin Diesel then goes off on this. Mark Antony-esque monologue. While the extras <coughs> do a terrible job around him. Yes. So like, we will be Eric, do you want you and I to be the extras? Yeah, oh, you want to be the extras? Or you yeah. I was gonna say I'm, you I'll be an extra. I'll be an extra as well. Alright, I'll be I'll be down, you guys be extras. You almost had me. Whoa. You never had me. Oh you what? never had your car. Uh, oh, what? Granny oh. shifting, not double clutching like you should. <laughs> You're lucky that hundred shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Oh, oh, right, yes. Oh, yes. You almost had me. You tell him, Dominic, get out of here. Yeah. Now tell me and the mad scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fried. No. Ask any racer. Any real race. Ask him! Yeah! It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. What? What? Winning is winning. I would have that last part tattooed on my body somewhere. <laughs> no, it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. Fucking solid. <laughs> like, yeah, like and he he really does as we've been saying, like, he delivers it with Weird earnestness. Weird earnestness, and he's got his arms outstretched. He's like, yeah. he's like, these are my men. Yeah, men, celebrate me. And like, it's and Paul Walker is falling in love at this race. Paul Walker war. is falling in love. He's yeah. falling in love. It's beautiful. So much so that then the cops show up and everybody mm -hmm. scatters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> is also, I gotta say, exquisitely parked at this street race. Everyone is perfectly apportioned where their where their spot is. And they're all. <laughs> along the entire race route. Yeah. I would like to say, I think street, ra street racing sounds like a very boring spectator sport. That's why there's so many girls in music there. there you gotta have to something be. to do. Because otherwise you're just seeing like, whoosh, okay, that's it. Yep. Uh, the uh, So all of these, there were about 1,500 cars on set for the Race Wars portions. A lot of them... Uh, we're not at Race Wars, though. No, we're not there. This is just a street race. This is a street race. This is not Race Wars. This is the first one. The first street race. We're not to Race Wars yet. We're, we're 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. So... Um, um, but they all scatter, and uh, Vin Diesel ends up parking in a parking lot and then trying to walk away and get away from the police. The police recognize him because he's a very notorious street racer. Um, and he makes a run for it on foot, which is the last time we'll ever see Vin Diesel run in these movies. Yep. Um, and then Paul Walker shows up, knight in shining armor. Shining green metallic green European armor. Covered in sweat <coughs> as everyone is in this movie. Crazy. And opens the door and says, get in! Um, yep, and he saves Dom Toretto. He saves By Dom taking Toretto. him into rival gang territory. And then, yeah, and then drives like a boss. Vin Diesel's rock hard. And then they drive into ga rival gang territory. They, and they drive into a very racist Chinatown. Yep. Uh, and that's where they meet Johnny Tran's gang. Who's an excellent villain. Yes, Johnny Tran, played by Ronnie Yun, is... So cool. So cool, so handsome. So yeah. handsome. Uh, oh my I, goodness. I know. I was like, why isn't this guy more of a thing? Like, who oh boy, he's uh, awesome. Yeah. And also, just incredible name for a villain. Johnny, Johnny Tran. Tran. Like, Johnny amazing. Amazing. 
They John, John Tran. They shoot up Paul Walker's car, mm-hmm. and Paul Walker and Vin Diesel get out of it, and they they end up going back to Paul uh, Vin Diesel's house for a party, and there's a party there, yeah. and Vin Diesel pretty much straight up to Matt Schultz, Vince's face is like, "Fuck you, dude! I got a new guy I'm fucking now, and his name is Brian Spinley. Spilney? <laughs> the fuck's your name? We need to change that." You're gonna take my last name, yeah. Brian Toretto. Toretto. <laughs> I gotta say this. So this scene, it, I, I I stand by the fact that I saw these movies in the correct order, which is five to eight, and then go back to one. Sure. Because it's like a prequel. Yeah, because seeing these moments happen with Dom and Brian's friendship kind of have a weird ring of authenticity and beauty to them, knowing where they get to. Yeah. So like this party, seeing how quickly Dom goes like. Nope, you're fuck you, your family now yeah. is so dumb. And then you get to see the house for the first time, which now we know like what the house means in all the movies. Mm-hmm. And we get to see how Dom walks in and is instantly just like, I was fighting you today. I wanted to hate you. Hey, you want a beer? Better be a Corona. And like all these things, like how can you not love him? You fall in the, like you Brian loves love him. him. We love him. They're car people. It's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a couple things for the role of Dominic Toretto. Uh, two actors that were considered and tried to uh, tried to be acquired for the role of Dominic Toretto. One was Colin Farrell. Oh, that would be dope. Oh. It would be dope, but different movie. What a different... Yeah, because that's like Bullseye era. Another one that I, I, I know Eric knows since we're both making our way through this series, Timothy Oliphant. Ooh, okay. No. Nope. No. But I... Not, no. He's not ready yet. Yeah, no, like him. No. Like him. He's not ready yeah, yet. Yeah, because then Deadwood, that's it. You know, we're yeah, we're watching. We're making our way through Deadwood right now. No. Um, yeah, a lot of those. No, uh, it's, it's Vin Diesel. Like, he, this is the <clears throat> this is the character... Guys, may we all be so lucky someday to be cast as a character that just defines us. And that is everything we've ever meant to be as Vin Diesel is to Dom Toretto. Yeah. Yeah. Vin Diesel, I mean, I could talk about Vin Diesel for a long time, partially because of just like kind of how problematic some things about his personality are and his, uh, the way he treats certain female interviewers sometimes, uh, but also his crazy Instagram where he just goes on weird Rihanna singing rants constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and his like unabashed, like continuous love and reverence for Paul Walker ever since his death. Oh my God. Like, he and Paul Walker were best friends. Were be- literally best friends. Well, and what that's what's <laughs> kind of so great about going back and watching this movie is it's kind of like, oh man, we're getting to witness the birth of this beautiful friendship. Yeah, and knowing that it's a real life birth of a friendship. And it's a real life romance because goddamn, this like, uh, it just fills me my, like my little cynical heart with such joy to watch to watch these two bounce back and forth yeah, on each other it's great because they get a lot of scenes together to really explore that uh that dynamic of that alpha beta dynamic mm-hmm. um at this party though brian does see mia again see jordana brewster mm-hmm. and this is where she pulls a dope move because vince the asshole comes in to try and get paul walker to leave because he's jealous yep um and Mia, to placate the situation, goes up to Vince and is like, hey, what was the name of that Cuban restaurant you wanted to take me to? Like, oh, oh to what? Yeah, you remember that Cuban restaurant you've been telling me about? What, what, was, what was it called? Oh, it's a cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha, yeah, it's a great name. It's a great name. Thank you very much. Paul Walker, you're going to take me to that restaurant tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Boom! 10. At Sound 8, good? 30 p.m. No, 10 p.m. Oh, God. That's 10 when they PM. go out. When That's people eat dinner. So late. Yeah. It was such... It is, it's such a fucking... Baller move. It's, it's a boss move. A great move. 
So all of this happens, he falls in love with Dom. Also, Vince is, is at that point wearing a camo tank top covered by a mesh tank top. He's it's not a good look. We also at this point get the first true uh, um, kind of like uh, um, confirmation that Dom and Letty are an item. Which this will carry through for the entire Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, that's something I also really loved about this movie. Because when you jump into Fast Five, as, as, as we did... You don't get the Dom Letty setup. Because Letty's not there. Exactly. And it's kind of all hearsay for the most part. So seeing them, they are kind of instantly just magnetic to each other. And this party is... I think Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez do a very good job of being part of a couple that have known each other since they were kids. Well, I also, buy it. also yeah. they were dating on set for this on and off no set shit. of this movie. They Damn. were they were an item. This was Michelle Rodriguez's second movie. How old was she when she made this movie? Uh, she looks like a baby. I would need to check that. Oh no worries at all. Compared to current Letty. Um. So yeah, she was she was twenty three when okay. she made that movie. She looks so young. It's like it's. Yeah. I mean, it's, she's great. She's great. She's uh, great. I, I'm not a huge. I'm also not a huge Michelle Williams fan, but I love her Michelle as Letty. Williams. Sorry, Michelle Rodriguez. I'm a huge Michelle Williams fan. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about Burton? Or are we talking about Letty? Um, but yeah, so we get the uh, the final reveal that they are together uh, in this, and that carries through because, as we know, she disappears for a while. Then you find out she's working with the bad guys. Then you find out that she has amnesia. And then she gets. Uh, then finally, her and Dom get married. Then you find out when she was away, Dom impregnated Ilsa Pataki, and that was a baby with Ilsa Pataki. And Which Ilsa Pataki is one of the dead. Best then, fights ever. oh my god, it's. If any of this sounds too crazy, and you're like, I don't believe any of that shit would happen in a Fast and the Furious movie. Go watch these fucking movies. Like they're, j- they're soap operas with cars. Your life is better. I find it hard to believe that anyone's listening to this episode that has not watched any of these movies. Dad, if you have. Yeah. Um, Charlie, if you're still listening to it, sorry. It is at (laughs) this point we get the reveal that Paul Walker's a cop. Yes. We get through about 40 minutes of the movie without realizing... Oh, as an audience, yes. As an audience. (laughs) Until he at one point gets pulled over by the cops. He gets out. He gets handcuffed. And then finally taken to a safe house. And you find out that he's actually a member of the uh, of the police department. It's a decent reveal. So it's a decent reveal. It is so dramatically stagnant. Like it has yeah. no tension in it at all. No. It would have been so much better if they had been pulled over by the cops when he was with them. With like when he and Dom, when he got Dom and they're running away from the cops. Cop pulls them over and for some reason lets them go because Paul Walker can talk his way out of it. But then you find out later it's because Paul Walker was a cop. <coughs> he like slipped the cop his badge number and was like, I'm on, I'm undercover on a case. I'm trying to get in on this. I'm trying to fall in love with this man. Can you let us go? Mm-hmm. And then he felt like, I just kept thinking, I was like, you were missing such a great opportunity to do that. But you get the great reveal later on when he calls in his badge number and, Friends, yeah. and Dom finds out that he's a cop. In a truly beautiful scene. Yep, in the uh, in the act, the end of Act Two. Yeah, the, at the end of the race low horse. Point. Um, so pretty much that's that's all that happens. Paul Walker is kind of like, look, I'm convinced Johnny Tran has uh, is like the dude who's stealing all of these uh, DVD players. It's not Toretto because when I went into Johnny Tran's house, I saw all of these like all all of the the shit that's been stolen. I saw all of it. Yeah, because he's snooping around and uh, Dom eventually. Um, Finds out that he's snooping around and like essentially interrogates him with Vince and Vince is like, he's a cop, man, he's a cop. And Dom's like, I don't know. And, and then Paul Walker brilliantly says, no, I'm trying to scope around 
the competition for race wars because I can't lose again. <laughs> you know that. And appeals to Dom. The white race like, can't lose again. I'm Jesus. trying to make sure I don't lose a race Dear war. Dear God. Um, it's impossible. <laughs> you're Paul Walker. You're a blonde-haired, blue-eyed man, and you're talking about race wars. Paul Walker, not a good look. Not how did nobody my guy. How did nobody see this? In a movie as ethnically diverse as The Fast and the Furious, how did no one stop and say, guys, uh, are we sure? Are we sure we want to go with this? They were so sure. <laughs> it's, it is truly one of the most unfathomable oversights in a major motion picture I've ever seen. It was pretty crazy. But 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 Dom does believe Brian's reasoning about said race wars. Because he's in love with him. Yeah. Although I gotta say, there is part of me, there's a small part of me, that as much as the Brian Dom connection very much follows the romantic comedy subplot and is like they're in love and all this stuff i do think this is actually a beautiful example of tender heterosexual male friendship on screen absolutely all jokes all jokes aside yeah yeah, and because like as you know as guys growing up you're kind of you can't hug your friends and show that much affection so i do love the fact that these two guys do get to love each other that hard while also being in a heterosexual friendship yeah jokes aside I just want to make sure that is also said because tender masculinity is also very important to be shown in franchises. Yes. Sure, absolutely. Yes, but also I like. But did, also, I did Google it last night and I'm like, and genuinely like, there are gay people who do like feel themselves represented in this. Like, which is also like, great. I was yep. wondering if like, aside from joking, there were people, and I like found an article that was talking about how it's like as a young like that was about your age when they saw this, mm-hmm. and they're like, actually like. I, like, was really invested in that because, like, I was this little gay kid that didn't see myself in action movies, so I had to find stuff like this. Totally. That's beautiful. Little, That's like, beautiful, too. Had to find, like, had to make myself seen. So I totally see both sides of it. Of yeah. just, like, you know what? Like, th- and also that's, like, that's probably as close to representation as they are going to get. In, in 2001. In, in, in Now, in the Fast and the Furious movies. Sure. There will never be a gay character in the Fast and the Furious movies. I... No, not with their international market. They care too much about the money. Call me a cynical asshole. No, I no, no. Think I think you're probably. I think you're probably right. Like I want. I want to be proved wrong. I think I that think the only gay right. representation we are mm. ever going to get in the Fast and the Furious movies is those two girls making out in the first movie at the party. Oh, that was so dope. You mean when those two cars made out? Yeah. <laughs> those two car cyborgs. Those two cars, car people. Yeah, I mean, like, and like, that's not. That's not. I mean, I am a cynical asshole about these things, but like, I genuinely believe this. This franchise is. If you are looking for LGBT representation, you need to look elsewhere. Or stick to this first movie. Or stick to this first movie <laughs> right. and like see what you want to see in it. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and like because you have to sit through race wanna, wars. I don't want to invalidate do. any experiences with that because I think that both can exist. Sure. Exactly. I think, that, I think that like that that can be an example of really tender male friendship, but I also can't deny that like there are LGBT people that were like this is the like one of the closest things I'm going to see to a like rom com where sure. it, is, it is very intense because you have to like. It's that thing where, like, when you don't see people like yourself, you have to, like, use empathy and use, like, this, substitu- this like, substitution calculus in your head. Yeah. And be like, well, this is the closest I'm going to get, so I may as well take it. Um, really intense friendships like this are as close as you're going to get. And so I think that, like, there's something very interesting about that and something where it's like, I'm joking about this, but also, like, I do see, like, how someone who is, like, a young queer person can be like, yeah, I, I want, I enjoy this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I still like that when when you were the type of person like, and also like, you know, as a woman watching an all male dominated thing, you have to have empathy and you have to use 
substitution in some regard to, mm-hmm. to f- make yourself seen and to find some personal way into it. Sure. So like that particular subtext can be something that you latch onto when you, when you are trying to find a way into this franchise that feels mm-hmm. very uh, exclusionary. No, that makes, that totally yeah. tracks. That yeah. makes sense. I think it's just interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's a, they, they, they both ride alongside each other in that quarter mile of life. Yeah. yeah. They, and, and that's it, beautiful. It's at this point uh, at the party, uh, I do want to bring up again, we, we glazed over it. Um, at one point, Dom, or no, this is after the party. Uh, this is after uh, he has tested Brian to see if he's a cop, and Brian has, has lied and said he's not. Uh, Brian follows Dom into a garage, a dark oh. garage, mm-hmm. and they see this beautiful uh, 1970s Dodge Challenger. The car. The car. Dom's car. The moment where I realized... As I said before, <clears throat> I absolutely watch these movies in the correct order because the reveal of that was like the fucking Millennium Falcon in Solo. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's um, this. He does this monologue that I want Lauren to do. You want me to do I it? I want you to do it as Dom Toretto. <laughs> this is I apropos. Like to do this as myself. Um, apropos of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Walker's just like, oh, cool car. Yeah, like he, this, this comes out of nowhere. And Vin Diesel goes, you've reached level four of friendship. You have unlocked my tragic backstory. <laughs> um, we're at that point in the video game. Um, and he points to a picture on the wall and he says, that's my dad. He was coming up in the pro stock circuit. Last race of the season, he was coming into the final turn when a driver named Kenny Linder tapped his bumper and put him into the wall at 120 miles an hour. I watched my father burn to death. I can still remember him screaming. The people who were there said my father died long before the tanks blew. They said it was me that was screaming. Fucking A. God. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. Whew. Vin Diesel delivers that monologue so earnestly. Yeah. More earnestly than I just delivered it. I genuinely... I was having a hard time because there was a part of me that I was like... <clears throat> This dialogue is so silly mm-hmm. and so stupid. And I give him so much credit for being able to deliver it so earnestly. But it's also rides that line between actually being like kind of good. Yeah. And kind of too stupid to but be the good. Writing is so funny. I'm it's sorry. so funny. But, but it's that moment of like. They said it was me that was screaming. Because like, Dom Toretto after, after this doesn't really show. I mean, he shows. Vulnerability, I guess, but doesn't show a lot of fear in these movies because, again, the contract stuff. So having this moment where it's like Dom and acknowledging he was a child and that he was scared of something. And, like, yeah. that moment at, right after this monologue where Brian's like, well, what about how fast have you driven it? And he's like, I've never driven it. He goes, what? He's like, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And he admits that to Brian. I'm yeah. like, that that shocked me. It's beautiful. I was, I was There's a lot of vulnerability to show someone you just met. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, they're falling in, in love. The, the music does swell very romantically, and it cuts away very abruptly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unironically a great scene. This is Car Me By Your Name. It's beautiful. Yeah, um, it's th- very tender and very beautiful. So, um, And then it cuts away immediately to him on a date with his sister. Yeah, where he spends the whole time on the date asking Talking her about, about Dom. Talking about Dom. <laughs> Spends the entire day talking about Dom. Like, how did you meet Dom? Like, we're brother and sister. <laughs> Wait, so like, so when did you meet? 
We're, we're brother we're, and sister. We've known each other our whole lives. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> so, like, school? Tell me about him. <laughs> tell me about it. What is he like? Was he allergic to anything? Yeah. <laughs> but also, speaking I was going to bake him cookies. Um, Does he like anything particularly more than Does he have else? a nut allergy? Like, no, no homo, but, like, does he have a nut, nut allergy? allergy. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a 2001 thing to say. It's such a 2001 thing to say. But, yeah, like... And there's no good sentences followed by the phrase no homo. No, as soon no, as someone says no. that unironically, and even ironically, walk away from that fucking person. It's not great. That person doesn't deserve your time. For the record, he doesn't say that in this movie. No. This is the bit. Yeah. No, this is the bit. He never says no homo. He says very homo. <laughs> yes, please. Also, seeing seeing Brian and Mia on this date was cute because, again, having just watched five and six, I'm like, I've seen them in their baby. Yeah. yeah. This is great. This yeah. is their first date. It's like it's like hearing your parents how they met. Yeah. Except um, your parents are hot. <laughs> and it's confusing. I know. Yeah. Car. Seriously, what a pretty couple. What a pretty yeah. couple, Jordana Brewster and, and Paul Walker. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward now to Race Wars. We get there. Um, Jesse, who's kind of like the mouse from uh, from Matrix of this movie franchise. Yeah. This okay. actor played a lot of these kind of characters. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm just trying to do my best, like a, I'm a cyberpunk, but like, yeah, like yeah. I paint my nails and I don't eat at all. And he... He puts all of his money in a race against Johnny Tran. He's, he's like betting his father's car, which is a souped-up Jetta, um, against Johnny Tran's souped-up Honda. And they race, and Johnny Tran uh, wins. And Jesse, Shocking. instead of giving him the car, immediately just kind of veers away and, and drives off, which breaks the rules of conduct. He's supposed to give Johnny Tran that car. So then Johnny Tran is like asking Dom, like, yo, your boy owes me that car. Yeah, as he does. He does. Rightfully so. And meanwhile, another thing we forgot to lay in from the beginning, uh, but because Paul Walker lost to Dominic Toretto in that first race, the whole thing is you owe me a a $10,000 car because the car that you, the pink slips that you said you would give me on this car are not good enough. The car car is shit now. It's broken. Mm -hmm. So Paul Walker still needs to deliver his $10,000 car. We'll deliver that later. But Jesse Leaves shows up again at... Vin Diesel's uh, house. Yeah. And yeah. Much like after race wars are done, like they don't find him. They don't find him anywhere. And Paul Walker is, immediate, is freaking out. He calls me and he's like, look, I'm a cop. I need to find Jesse because I think he's in trouble. Somebody's going to try and kill him. Like, we need to get, we need to get Dom and Jesse to a safe place. I'm going to betray the cops pretty much yep. to help your brother out. Until all of this is settled with Johnny Tran, like my case is on hold. Yeah. Johnny Tran and his boys roll up and they do a drive-by and shoot and kill Jesse. Yep. Well, this is after the whole action sequence where he tries to stop Vin Diesel from doing the robbery. Oh, yeah. We find out. Oh, yeah. We skipped that whole thing. That's like the big set piece of the movie. That's like actually a genuinely impressive set piece. It's a genuinely like speed speed type action. Because Jesse's gone and they know they need money. So Vin Diesel leaves after a fight with Mia and Brian's like, what's going on? And we find out that Vin Diesel, Michelle, sorry, I keep flipping actors and characters. Dom, Letty, and Vince have gone to get their Honda Civics, which I gotta admit, I didn't see coming. Yeah. The, the, the twist. They you are were the shocked guys. that they were the I bad guys. I was so shocked they're the bad guys. See, uh, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. I was like, nope. of course they're the bad guys. Well, but again, that's one of those things that it's like, man, if you had seen Point Break, you'd know that it's like, yeah, Bodie's the bad guy. Yeah. They are the ex-presidents. But like, they're gonna go do a, a big chase. And I gotta give them credit in the daylight so we can see everything that happens. Um, but it's reminiscent of the first heist at the beginning of the movie. 
And but it like, just goes horribly wrong. Yeah. And so Brian takes Mia and she's like, and he's like, I want to help Dom. Uses his cop like clout, his contacts to, to get a trace on Dom's cell phone, yes. so they can find find him. out where they are. Um, and then this really, you're saying this super impressive set piece happens. It's a really good fucking action scene. Vince jumps onto the uh, the giant um, truck. He's being shot at by the truck driver. His arm gets wrapped up in the in the wire of the crossbow thing that he shoots. Uh, the grappling hook. He's yeah, then they on shoot this. a grappling hook into the front of the car as like a way for him to jump onto the car. Um, so the, the, he is attached to the uh, passenger seat of the car. He then is on the hood. He gets shot at and then falls off to the side by the passenger door where he is still attached <laughs> and his arm is wrapped around the cord of the grappling hook. Yeah. And so they are pulling up alongside him so that he can jump into the car, but his arm is still stuck and he can't get his arm uh disentangled and this is all while the driver of the car is still shooting at them in the car next to them and shooting at Vince who's hanging from the side of the car. And again, this is all taking place in daylight and is in every way the opposite of the opening scene of this movie where we see a successful version of this mm-hmm. pretty much same heist, but it is shot and edited together so choppily that it's like, oh fuck, these like I was really scared when we watched that first scene because I was like the like they they didn't know how to shoot this movie. They yep. didn't know how to shoot these movies until five. That's why these movies weren't good. No, and then it's this it. one. It's like, oh, they do know how to shoot these scenes because this scene was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. It was literally edge of your seat. This is a, almost a 20-year-old action sequence. Yeah. I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, and one of our friends who was watching it with us who was decidedly not a fan of these movies mm-hmm. and was laughing at this movie the entire time, uh, at the end of that scene, just kind of turned and was like, fuck, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's that shit holds up. Yeah, like, there's a point where... Um, so the whole sequence of it is they shoot out a window and they put a harpoon and they try to go on. Vince tries to jump onto the car. works perfectly. And this time there's a whole thing that goes, that fucks up because the trucker has a fucking shotgun. Yep. And Vince falls off the side of the car yeah, and is dangling and it's all practical and yeah. yeah. I love it. It's great. I they, love it. And they end up getting away. Uh, and so that, that has happened. Now we're trying to find, uh, Jesse's been shot where after that moment, uh, do we, we see more of Vince being shot? And that's that's when Paul Walker reveals himself. Yeah, Vince gets shot. Yeah, Vince gets shot. Letty gets uh, Letty is in a car right. and she gets she crashes. She runs off the road and crashes. So they need to Paul get Paul Walker shows up and saves the day. Ends up jumping over to get Vince, um, kind of frees him, and then they both get back and free him. But he's been shot. So it ends up with uh, Vince on the ground. He's been shot. They're trying to save his life. He he and Dom are he over him. Dom and Mia are there. And he calls it in with his badge number that they need um, an ambulance. Yeah, a helicopter. And that is how Vin Diesel finds out that he's a cop. I unironically love this reveal and love this scene because it's just Paul Walker's on the phone uh, trying to get, you know, give them his badge number. We need medics on, you know, route, whatever. And you just see the look on Vin Diesel's face when he realizes, oh shit, Vince was right about you and you were a cop. Yeah. And it's an equal amount of... Vin Diesel does a great job of being like, I'm betrayed, but also, thank you for doing this. This is what's saving my friend. This is what's yeah. saving my friend, but also I'm like so fucking mad at you and I can't trust you now. So then when Paul Walker comes back to try and warn him about Jesse, like, you know, try to be like, hey, we need to get Jesse to a hiding spot. Johnny Tran's trying to kill him. Vin Diesel's all in a boat of just like, I can't fucking trust you. You're a cop. No, I'm not trusting you. 
And so then... And Paul Walker's like, please forgive me. Please forgive me, I love you. And, you know, it's our classic third act. Then they're uh, chasing them. Johnny Tran and them are, uh, and his crew are chasing uh, Vin and mm. uh, Paul Walker. Or wait. Jesse comes back. Yeah, we said that Jesse gets shot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but by that was, that was, But he gets shot after they have the fight. At the house. After they have the fight at the house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Dom does an epic fucking bear crawl to not get shot mm. in broad daylight, but Vin Diesel can't get shot. Yeah. So Vin Diesel then is in the muscle car. Paul Walker's in his souped-up sports car. They are now driving down, like, some random street in Los Angeles. Paul Walker takes off, and then Vin Diesel takes off to go help his man. Yeah. And they drive, they race, and there's a moment of, like, the, uh, the train's coming. Paul Walker can either let Vin Diesel... Drive, try and kill himself, get hit by a train. Yeah, in that beautiful car. In that beautiful car. So there are three, there's so many things going through his head. They either, are literally racing a train. Either, shit, my best friend, my new best friend slash boyfriend slash, you know, criminal that I have to put in prison is going to either kill himself or he's going to evade me, evade the law and beat the train and jump across it. Or I can jump across with him and save him from getting hit by the train by putting myself between the train and him or both of us can make it to the other side where we then have a few more minutes to figure out what the fuck's going to happen all I, options equally romantic yes yep. it is so hot and it so, ends up being option d option d they both ju- they hit the nos at the exact right time they make it over the train tracks Can't go right too early right before the train goes across and then vin fucking Spins out. It's hit by a truck truck when everything's going fine. It's hit by a truck, spins out the car. Like he lands, you know, wheels, wheels down, but his arm is broken. That was was shocking to me and anyone else who's watched these movies because he's in the car and I know the car is in the rest of the franchise. So I'm like, Oh, they're gonna make it. There's no stakes in this. And then the car gets fucking destroyed. Because stakes do exist in The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. That's what those extra articles are there for, yeah. baby. But then, so yeah, then Brian goes, he helps him out of the car. Helps him out of the car. And then. Oh, man. This makes me so happy. Then, Vin Diesel's like, we, they can hear the sirens coming. Because they know that they were called in. They, they can hear the sirens coming. And Vin Diesel's pretty much accepted his fate as him going to fucking jail again. And this is going to suck. God damn it, Paul Walker. Why'd you have to be so fucking handsome and so charming and boyishly cool and also a cop? I hate you. I love you. I hate Go you. away. I love you. Never stop. And Paul Walker hands yeah, him his keys. for me. I don't care. Hand, he hands Vin Diesel the keys to his car. And he said, hey, man, I owed you a $10,000 car. 10 second car. A 10 second car. I owed you a 10 second car. And, and Vin Diesel is like, all right, man. Yeah. And, uh, and then he left. And he just drives off in Paul Walker's car. Paul Walker waits for the cops. Like, I don't know where he, where he went, man. I lost him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's and he so lets good. his friend go. Much like the end of Point Break, but much less sad uh, because he doesn't die. Um, but God damn it, it is beautiful. And that is, the be- that is where we start this gorgeous friendship that will then go for seven more movies. Yep. Yep. It's, it's great. And that's The Fast and the Furious. There it is. That's, that's it. A few pieces of trivia, and then we'll, we'll get to finishing thoughts. Uh, so first off, Jordana Brewster or Michelle Rodriguez, neither of them had driver's licences before this no, movie started. Shit. Or, or permits. 
Wow. Um, Paul Walker and Matt Schultz uh, choreographed themselves, choreographed the fight outside of the market in the beginning, but it didn't look good on film, so they just ended up improvising the whole thing safely. Cool. So they improvised the whole fight. Uh, Vin Diesel accidentally broke a stuntman's nose while he was on set for this movie yeah. uh, during one of the scenes. So, you know, that's good. Uh, He broke his own stuntman's nose? One of the stuntman's nose. Okay. Uh, Alternative castings for the role of Mia. Natalie Portman, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Kirsten Dunst, Bijou Phillips, and Jessica Biel. All weird choices. And Jessica Biel is the one that makes the most sense out of those. Yeah. I would agree. The fact that it wasn't, I mean, it gets Jessica I mean, she's Alba. perfect. Jessica Alba's is too young, but I feel like it should be a Jessica Alba or... Mm-hmm. It was yeah. originally written for Elijah Eliza Dishku. Dishku. yeah, who turned it down. Eliza Dishku would have been great. Yep. Uh, so only two domestic cars were ever driven by the principal cast in this movie for very specific reasons. One of which was Dom and his 70s Challenger. The other was Brian's uh, Ford Lightning uh, on this truck. His uh, Dom also drives a 70s Chevelle in, this, in the post-credit scene. Um, post-credit scenes, nothing to worry about. It's just him driving down the road. Great. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Uh, oh, in the series from now on, ever since this movie, Dominic Toretto only ever drives domestic cars. Yep. Except for Fast 6 when he's in London. But, because he's driving a BMW. But for every other one, he's driving those cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, product placement. Guys, you can't have a Fast and the Furious movie without what kind of beer? Corona! Corona! Corona. So the line that Dominic Toretto says to Brian, you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona, was a nod to Henry Ford, who apparently uh, his tagline when the Model T Ford first came out was, you can get them in any color you want as long as it's black. So <laughs> that was a... There are references to fucking Henry Ford in The Fast and the Furious. I love that. Uh, There was a 1954 film called The Fast and the Furious, which they had to buy the rights to the name from. These two movies have nothing in common. Great. When, this is amazing, when Rob Cohen first came on to direct this movie, he wanted to cast Dominic Toretto, Brian, and Jesse as Mario Lopez, Mark Paul Gosselar, and Dustin Diamond also known as our three leads in Saved by the Bell. He wanted them to be the leads of this movie. The studio exec feared that re-teaming Saved by the Bell, co-stars would confuse, uh, it would all confuse the audience because it had nothing to do with the style of this movie. That would be very confusing. It would have been straight up so what the nonsense. Um, the Jetta that, um, that Jesse owned was later bought by not another film podcast alum, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> Yes. I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. actually like wouldn't be a bad choice for Brian. He would have been a great choice. Like, really, that's a like good one. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually feel like he would have been pretty great. He would have been really, really great. Um, trying to find anything else. Um, Paul Walker wanted to do this movie because of Donnie Brasco in 1997 because he thought it would be quote unquote cool to play an undercover cop. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Sure. Weird flex, um, but okay. Someone who did punch up on this film, uh, <laughs> David Ayer. Uh, also has since uh, moved on to a lot of other films, obviously. He mm-hmm. wrote um, uh, End of Watch. He wrote uh, uh, um, the fucking Orc movie that's on Netflix, Bright. Right, uh, yeah. Suicide Squad. Orc movie. Uh, but he also wrote Training Day, which is a great movie. And a lot of the locations in this movie were the same locations that they used in Training Day. So, that's The Fast and the Furious. Do you want to know what the tagline for this movie is? I do. All right. Oh, wait. I know. Say it anyway. All right, so if you have what it takes, you can have it all. That's one of them. 
The other one, these are all bad except for one really good one. When the sun goes down, another world comes to life. That sounds terrible. That's that's pretty <laughs> like the the gay rave movie. Version that sounds like right, frankly. That's, <laughs> that's just a vampire movie. Yeah. Uh, another one? I would watch this movie if they were all also vampires. I kind of think they are. What, vampire cars? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Fast 10, if, fast 11. If loyalties must be broken, if the lines must be crossed, do it fast, do it furious. Way too long. Way too much. Way too much. And then the actual tagline <laughs> for the movie, best one, live life a quarter a mile, mile at a time. time. Yeah. Yeah, fucking perfect. They nailed it. Nice. Good job, writers. That's room. all you need. That's all you need. Yep. Oh man, I'm so happy we did this. Yep. Um, I guess finishing thoughts. Does anybody have anything else they want to talk about that we have not mentioned so far on this episode, or do we feel like we have done justice? <laughs> okay, well, because we're we're we gotta do a Hobbs and Shaw episode. Absolutely. So I feel like Absolutely. if I have anything yeah. else, it'll be there. Sure. Sure. Laura, Spoiler, stay tuned. Anything you wanna? I feel like no. No. I feel like you talked it all out. No, I love this movie. I highly recommend it still. I rec- I will say this because I guess we're bleeding into recommendations yeah. now. I recommend this movie as someone who really loves this franchise for everything that it is and everything that it isn't. Mm-hmm. Like I recognize this is not high art, but in terms of popcorn entertainment and admittedly problematic popcorn entertainment, it, 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 it gets the reptile part of my brain really excited. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I do very much recommend these movies, but I think if you <laughs> want to start watching these movies, definitely start with five through eight. Yes. Because those movies are a whole different genre and are much better. But if you want to see the humble beginnings prequel of this, then I would definitely, the, I, I think an accurate uh, assessment, the solo star Wars story of this, yep. then check out the fast and the furious. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, what about you? Would you recommend this film? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, same same response. Start five through eight. Definitely do watch like a little YouTube recap from one to four just so you can get names and relationships and then come back and see one. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Lauren? Recommend the later movies. Um, <laughs> I, I had, I mean, I had a fun time. It was fine. Um, I can't say that this one was for me. Sure. I sure. can't say that this one was for me. I uh, I think that they've they've gotten a lot better as they've gone on. I think that they've done better by women as time has gone on. Um, I can't say that this movie feels particularly representative of the rest of the franchise in terms of what it becomes. Sure. Um, and nor does it feel like it represents the best of the franchise and what it has to offer. It feels pretty irrelevant, I would say, in the larger span of things. Um, so I would recommend the later movies in this franchise. I can't say that I would super recommend you go out and like run to watch this one. Sure. So I would say the first half with a lot of exposition and like a lot of scene setting and a lot of just posturing and a lot of shots of women in cars. Um, I just, yeah, no, it, it was fine, but I can't say that I loved it. Cool. That was totally it. fair. Didn't love it. Sure. Awesome. That's this movie. And guys, like we always do at this time, what is a modern analog for The Fast and the Furious? Lauren, tell me. John motherfucking Wick. Hell yeah. Yes. John Wick 3, obviously. Yeah. John Wick 3, if you want to see excellent action and like amazing character work and great world building that is like sort of tethered to physics and sort of not um, with, you know, Keanu at the height of his powers. Yeah. Really, so uh, far. I really can't 
say that like I can't I can't find anything negative about John Wick three. It's a blast. It's great. Yep. Yeah. The only critique I've heard is that it's too long. Which to that I say, fuck it's you. No, incorrect. it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Never too long. Um, um, yeah. There's a scene that is just him and the bad guys throwing knives at each other for like five minutes, and it is a masterpiece. Yep. And I love it. I adore John Wick. If you like, and, and awesome. Honestly, I think I'm just more of a Mission Impossible person than a Fast and the Furious person. Sure. I think it just gets my reptile brain a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I'm just not a car person, and I think that, like, I don't know. For <coughs> Mission Impossible, I prefer John Wick. Great. Great. Eric, what about you? Um, I'm going to go uh, Star Trek Beyond, oh. which came out a couple years ago. Justin Lin directed. Yeah. Um, has the... Uh, Justin Lin coming back to do 9 and 10. Yes. So if you, if you love this, especially if you love the later Fast and Furious movies... It's a little less reptile brain. Yes, it's sci-fi, but the action sequences are so well done. There's so much fun. Um, and there's definitely a little more tongue-in-cheek humor and fun um, mm-hmm. in Star Trek Beyond. I-, I love all the new Star Trek movies. Um, to be clear, I love Into Darkness. I love the first one. But the third one feels like a long episode of Star Trek yeah. that is definitely made by the guy that made Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's a fucking blast. Ton also, fun. like, really leaning into that, like, their family and, like... Yep. That this crew is a family, and like also, what I love about Star Trek Beyond is the way that it it takes the usual like people who are paired up mm-hmm. in Star Trek and totally shakes it up, yep. and like just has them do musical chairs and be like, okay, usually it's Kirk and Spock hanging out together, not in this movie. Spock and Bones. It's Spock yeah. and Bones, which is the most unexpectedly delightful pairing in the world. And there's an American motorcycle. Like I so. could watch those two hang out and bicker at each other roughly forever. It's a blast. Love it. I'm a I'm a big fan of that one. Ian? Uh, well, I wanted to focus a lot on the on the relationship between Dominic Toretto and Brian O'Connor. Um, so I'm going to recommend a movie that I think also shows a really positive relationship between uh, two men, a very positive friendship and a loving platonic friendship between two men. And it's the relationship the relationship between Elton John and Bernie Taupin yes! in Rocket Man. <laughs> so I'm gonna recommend totally, Rocket Man. Holy shit, yes. Um, uh, which is a movie we saw a couple weeks ago that uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. I very much surprised I myself. I see that this week. I totally surprised what myself. Eric was talking about earlier yeah. about like positive, like showing of of men just being tender and open and loving to each other in a completely non-sexual way and, and especially between a gay man and a straight man and just yeah. showing that like you can still be open and physically affectionate and very vocally affectionate yeah. i love how much they say they love each other in that movie that they they just unabashedly say i love you yeah and i think all it's not of- just like i love you dude it's like no I love you. Much much like for this movie, for me going back and watching it, all of the best moments of this rewatch were watching the the relationship between Brian and Dom. Yep. The by far for my money, the best parts of Rocket Man are the scenes with Jamie Bell and Taron Egerton. I think one of the smartest. It's one of the smartest mo- things that movie does is focus a lot on them and a lot less on shit we've seen in other biopics. Yeah, it is very much a, a very successful friendship rom com. Yeah, like they have a meet cute. They have like a wonderful like talking over each other. Like no, you finish. No, you finish. It's you delightful. Finish. It's, it's delightful. Like, it's they have a montage of them like falling in friend love together. Like I I love of those two. Jamie Bell is delightful. I would like to say, for the record, I have <laughs> always loved Jamie Bell, and the fact that everyone is now waking up to the fact that he fucking rocks makes me feel incredibly vindicated. No, he crocodile rocks. Uh, now that, that's... Uh, <laughs> my boy, Billy Elliot. Uh, great. Anybody want to plug anything? 
Um, well, Eric, tell us about what's happening yeah. at Utini. Yeah, so over at Utini, we've started up the Living Force podcast. It's um, so much fun. If you do not know anything about Extended Universe Star Wars like me, it's a great chance to listen and find shit out without having to crack a book. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, we just chat about cool Star Wars stuff. We have our first official interviews that are coming out this week with Star Wars authors, so that's a lot of fun. He's about to sign off of here and go like record that right now. Yeah. He's a busy so man. His third podcast of the day. Yeah, so go check check that out. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Lauren, you got anything? Uh, no, I'm at the Michigan Shakespeare Festival right now with you two. Yeah, we're all here. If you're in Michigan for the summer, come check us out. July. Mid-July through mid-August. <laughs> yep. Soon. Yep. Mid-July through mid-August. Uh, Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan. Come check us out. We would love to see you. We'd love to talk more. If you have any recommendations you would like us that would to... That would be uh, the wildest shit ever if we just came out of a show one day and people were like, hey, we came because we heard about it on your podcast. And guess what? If you stay the night, we will get you on the podcast. We'll watch Whoa. a movie and record it with you that yeah. night. But you got to pay full price ticket to come see the <laughs> <laughs> Because I can't get you a comp. But <laughs> Yeah, no, we don't got comps. Uh, um, no, those are all for my family. Um, there are many discount tickets. Or if you want to donate money, we are doing a pledge drive right now. Yeah. So if you would like to donate money to the Michigan Shakespeare Festival, we would love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a Patreon, so if you've been like, man, I wish we could give these guys money for their art. Or you can. You can Venmo us, and I'll just give you my social security number, and you can yeah. just send me money. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, all right. Stop giving people your social security <laughs> number, Ian. If you have movies that you would like us to do, remember, we're in the middle of the summer. We got nothing but time here, so we'd love to watch these movies and talk about them. Let us know at notanotherfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at, at @filmanother. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, Not Another Film Podcast. Like us, leave us reviews. Five stars are much better than anything lower than five. And be sure to write a review. That would be that really works? awesome as well. Yeah, you know Not what? One star reviews are Whether the best. you're a car, a lady, or a fan of cars and ladies, we would love for you to leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Bye. I'll fuck my car.